Hey folks, Sean here. And in this episode, I want to talk to you about why everyone gets competition wrong when they're looking to build a successful B2B SaaS company. Now, this is something that I'm guilty of myself. And I really think one of the reasons why this is so difficult to get right is because of our naturally inclined emotional response to figuring out that someone else is working on something that we're working on especially if they appear to be ahead of us. There's this misconception that when you are building a B2B SaaS product, you need to be a one of one. If anyone is doing something similar to what you're doing, and sometimes the uninitiated, as I'll refer to it, because I've been through this before, have this immediate reaction, and some of them never get over it, that it's like super defeating, borderline depressing because some of us have been working so hard for so long on a value proposition that we just expected to be unique, I suppose, despite the fact that a lot of people don't do a lot of searching in the beginning, even though that that wouldn't take all that much time to find out what is already out there. But inevitably, there are, there are examples. You're going to find them. And when you do find them, oftentimes a lot of people have a largely negative reaction to that. And unfortunately, it stalls or stops a lot of progress. Now, I'm sure you may or may not have heard before that competition is a good thing, and I firmly believe that. Not just that, I have a strategy that I want to share with you in which you can actually leverage that to make your product considerably better. But before I get there, I want to talk about a topic that I covered with podcast guest Melissa Kwan, who is the founder and CEO of eWebinar. So that, that episode is going to be coming out shortly. But in my interview with her, she did an excellent job of articulating the risk behind the so-called blue ocean strategy. If you've ever heard of these before, these are really like market penetration concepts to go to market strategies. There's blue ocean and there's red ocean. The, the Where it comes from is blue oceans like wide open space with a lot less competition and you're kind of paving the way there. You're creating a thing, whatever it is you're building for the first time, like an Uber or a Netflix. The Red Ocean strategy is where you're building something like a CRM or an ATS or whatever platform in a space that already has a lot of platforms, right? And the allure on paper of the Blue Ocean strategy is typically much greater than that of the Red Ocean strategy. And the, what a lot of people walk away from that concept is like, I can have no competition, which sounds amazing, and then all the customers will be mine, or I can have all the competition, which sounds terrible because I'm never going to be able to get anything because that market has already reached saturation. I think that walking away with a interpretation like that is a misconception, and that is misleading as well too. Because blue ocean strategies are incredibly time-consuming, expensive, and ridiculously hard because you're doing a lot of time you're investing a lot of time and energy educating the market and education is crazy expensive. Trying to get people to switch their habits dramatically to something that they've never used before is almost impossible. If you look at what it's taken for those companies to reach product market fit, it's almost an uncalculable amount of money and time and effort and resources and so on and so forth, which is not really the space that we're looking to compete in unless you're going for that unicorn approach. I don't recommend it. But if you're going to do it, it's a very different approach than how I build my companies and the numbers speak for 
in terms of results as well also. Less than 1% of people that try to do that ultimately are successful. Now, the Red Ocean strategy element is where you already have some competition. That's what I'm talking about now. To me, that is a great thing because it speaks to the fact that there is a market already for that as a solution. So you're not going to have to do a whole lot of educating. Plus, what people also miss, and this is why I love finding out about existing products on the market, is you can figure out what they do well and what they don't. What they do well, you can potentially cherry pick for and create your own version of that feature or functionality that you think is valuable. Obviously, you want to validate that with your users and customers, but you can use that to figure out how to make your product better. And what they don't do well is the area for you to actually be able to improve. It is considerably easier, like dramatically easier to take from an existing product and make it better than it is to try to create an entirely new product in a brand new space. And that's really the lesson I want you to walk away from with this. The reason why I'm talking about this now is somebody sent me a short video, I think it was a TikTok, of something similar to my shorts maker tool that I've built this year. And that tool takes a long form video and creates it in short clips. I'm now repositioning that to go more specifically into the podcasting realm to get more targeted with my marketing. That's one way I'm going to be trying to differentiate. Beyond that, this tool has a couple of features we don't have, but I've wanted to build. And having an example makes it infinitely easier for me to be able to visualize what that might look like in real life, like when I actually want to build that. So now I can share that with my technical teams. I can say, here's how these guys have done it. How do we want to do it? Or what do we want to do different than this? And we can make our product better by figuring out what they're doing that's working, do it ourselves or create our own version of that and figure out how then to incorporate the things that we want to do that they don't do. The other thing you want to do when you find these examples as well too is find the gaps, like find where they're weak, you're strong, or find the opportunities as well also. In this case, this tool that I found or someone shared with me is their lowest price tier is priced around our highest price tier. So we're already kind of undercutting them pretty dramatically in terms of pricing. So they have more features and functionality, but their tool is more expensive. So that also speaks to room in the space. Now we want to be a more expensive tool. So that's going to be the idea. We're going to want to add more functionality than they have and then potentially level up our pricing. But that really should be driven more by our, do we have an effective number of conversions? So I'll let the data figure that out. So anyway, I want to help shift how you think about competition. And as you find, you're going to inevitably find people working on stuff that you're working on along the way. The best way to respond to that is to figure out what they do well and what they don't. So you can figure out how to make your product better and then further differentiate it. Hey folks, Sean here. And thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you did, I'd encourage you to also sign up for my free five-day email course about launching a profitable B2B SaaS application for less than $750. If you'd like to sign up for that course, you can do so at nextstep.io forward slash B2B SaaS.